Happy New Year, church. It's great to be here with you on this Sunday morning. And I'm going to bring a preach to you, which is called Now What? Now, this preach was actually born out of watching Finding Nemo with Naomi the other day. And we got to the end. And at the end of the film, a lot of the fish that were in the fish tank escape to the sea. And then they get to the sea, all wrapped up in their little bubbles. And then one of them goes, well, now what? They'd made it all their way to freedom, and yet still trapped in their own little bubbles and with the world in front of them. The first thought was, okay, so now what do we do? And thinking about what I wanted to preach for this Sunday, I felt so blessed to be able to preach the first word of 2021. But actually preaching this actually came with its own set of pressures. So many people are expectant for what they're going to get out of 2021, and especially after the year that we just had. It's really, really easy to be reflective and start thinking about, well, what is 2021 going to hold in store for me? In terms of, for myself, I've been extremely reflective this year, especially after the bloopers that came out a couple of weeks ago, where, you know, IO appeared in it 152 different times. And one of the things that I, I thought, wow, you know what? I'm actually really grateful for barbers. I really, really took barbers for granted in 2020. My hair was doing a madness in so many of those videos. And I just thought, oh man, this is, this is ridiculous. And I started thinking about, well, okay, how am I gonna go into 2021 and what am I gonna look at as a result? One thing that I wanted to be really, really mindful of is that actually for myself, for me personally, I didn't want to count 2020 as a write-off. I think so many people have said, oh, you know what, oh, man, I just want 2020 to end. I just want it to be a write-off. And now that we're in 2021, it's really easy to look at last year and go, okay, well, that bit is done. But for me, I really didn't want to count it as a write-off. I thought it was really, really important. Now, I'm not here to say like I found 2020 really, really easy. I found it quite tough. I found it quite difficult. There were things that I struggled with. There were things that I saw other people really find easy and I found quite difficult for myself. And going into 2021, for me, it made some of my optimism be a little bit more cautious in the way I went about it. And if I'm being honest, there were certain goals that I'd set for myself that I thought, oh, I didn't necessarily want to know how much I wanted to be able to push that. It made me hesitant in terms of me setting my goals. And my encouragement to myself and to those at home who may feel the same way, it's okay. It's all right to feel like that. I'd like to think I'm not the only one that feels like that. And I want you to know that you're not the only one that feels like that. There are loads and loads of people that feel that way when it comes to approaching 2021. But the most important thing about this is to not live in that space continually as we go into the new year. I think sometimes in church it's really, really easy to think, well, I'm going to shield how I'm really, really feeling. I'm going to shield the fact that I'm struggling because I don't want to encounter judgment from different people on the basis of, oh, well, you shouldn't be feeling like this. But it's okay. If you feel like that, I want you to feel encouraged that it's okay. But also I want to encourage you not to stay in that space. In a world of inconsistency, what's important to remember that God is our constant. And that in all things and in every situation, God is good, God does good, and God is able to make all things work for his good. Amen. Now, 
actually at the start of 2020, fast rewind, sorry, rewind to a year ago. I remember at the start of 2020, myself and Dan Mills were um, laughing at a lot of meme pages um, that we saw surrounding Christian life on Facebook. And one recurring thing was, oh, 2020, I wonder how many pastors are going to have the title 2020 Vision as part of their preach sermons for January. And we were laughing quite a lot. And we were even thinking, oh, I wonder how long it's going to take for Barry to say 2020 Vision. In credit to Barry, I don't think he actually used it once. That's my pastor, not corny at all. I really appreciate him. But here we are a year later, and that, that word for last year, 2020 Vision, People are still looking for clarity. People are still yearning for more of God. People are still yearning for answers. People are still wanting to know the heart of God. After all the uncertainty of last year, people are still looking for clarity through Jesus. And we have millions of people being told to stay at home and stay indoors repeatedly, moving from one tier to the next or this restriction to the other. And this breach is not here to be a referendum on you know, government policy or how the pandemic has been handled. But the reality is there are a lot of people in this situation at home thinking, well, I want more certainty in my life. I want more clarity. And the beauty of this year is we're able to speak life into, into their situation. We have Jesus in these moments to be able to speak life and encouragement into them. Just like Moses did as the Israelites um, left Egypt. You see, we're called to desire prophecy. In 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 and 3, it says that, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. I really love that last bit, for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That is what our world needs right now, strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And God has placed all of us, especially you, to be able to speak that out to his people right now. Throughout all the history of the world, God could have placed you in those moments, but he decided to put you in this moment, in this world right now, to be able to speak into the world during this time. to be able to speak life into 2021. You see, 2021 looks to be the year that, you know what, we're going to leave the troubles of 2020 behind us. But guess what? Going into 2021, people are still going to grumble, just like the Israelites did. And going into 2021, people are still going to make false idols, just like the Israelites did. So the question is, what are you willing to do in the midst of all that? Are you really willing to be the Moses in this situation and to be able to speak against people's grumbling, against to be able to speak against people's false idols and speak life for them as they go into this new year? When we kept going into different situations and restrictions and loosenings and tear this and tear that, even I found myself asking, oh God, why, like, why do we keep going around and around in these circles? For me, it was frustrating. And I know for a lot of others, it was frustrating. And I found myself seeking God, thinking, well, God, what am I meant to be learning from this? And through my interactions with God, what I realized is that 
A lot of the time when God sends you back and forth again and again and again, it's because you're missing something. And God challenged me, and, he wanted, and I really feel like I want to pass this challenge on to all of us, is that have I really, really effectively used this time of lockdown or this time of withdrawal to be able to draw closer to him to be truly ready for when we experience freedom? I don't want to get to some point in this year where we're able to meet again and go, okay, now what? I just want to be ready. I don't want to ask the question, now what? I want to be able to speak life straight away. Am I actually ready to return to whatever normality will look like? Am I able to host his presence well so I'm ready for whatever comes my way in 2021? Because I get it, it's difficult. Especially over Zoom, especially over Google Hangout, it's really, really difficult to carry the presence of God so that the people on the other side of the camera can feel it. But if we can master that right now, if we can master being able to carry his presence, how amazing will church be when we're all able to carry his presence back into this building? I, for one, am determined to make sure that when we return to church, that it's not the same. It's even better. There's an even greater weight of his presence available here when we all encounter each other because we perfected being able to host his presence at home. You see, Moses actually spent a significant amount of time alone with God, going back and forth up and down the mountain after leaving Egypt. And if you actually read from Exodus through to Numbers, there's a lot of different variations of how many times he went up and down the mountain, and a few inconsistencies. And, the, and there's a reason for this, is that actually it's four different accounts of Moses' interaction with God after leaving Egypt have been compiled together into just one collection of books. And because there's four different accounts, you get some inconsistencies and you get some double meanings. It's kind of like taking Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and taking all those four Gospels and trying to condense them into one book. Because there's differences in perspective and because there's um, difference in meanings and interpretation, you might get some inconsistencies going through it. But if you look through, what I can, from what I can see, is that Moses actually went up to be around the presence of God around about six times. And if you decide to read all of it, you'll see, like I did, that there's actually two main purposes for why Moses went up to see God. Number one, to act as a prophet. The benefit of seeking God is so that Moses could let the people know exactly what God was thinking. Exactly what the voice of God was. And the challenge for us in this is two things. When we come back down from experiencing God, are our faces radiant to the point that people can't ignore it? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is actually Psalm 34, verse 5, which says that those who look to the Lord, their faces are radiant and never covered with shame. When you encounter God, are you radiant enough that people can't escape the fact that Jesus is shining from your face? And the second is, 
Are you able to prophesy to people seeking the presence of God at this time? You see, the Israelites had just left Egypt, just left captivity and experiencing freedom and now got to a place of now what? Now what do we do? And Moses had to be able to confidently come, confidently come down from his experience with God and be able to speak directly to the Israelites so that they could know the heart of the Father. And the challenge for us as we get ready to go into 2021 is can we confidently relay the heart of the Father at this time to encourage those around us? Now, the second reason why Moses went up and down the mountain multiple times was to play his part as a priest. Because when Moses went up the mountain, he was able to get the Ten Commandments and the instructions for the tabernacle. And what I like about this is, before they could even enter the promised land, God wanted to make sure that the Israelites understood what it meant to be in relationship with him. What I love about the Ten Commandments is it's not just outright law, but it's law set out, set out in the construct of a marriage contract. So that the Israelites knew that God was wanting relationship with them. He wanted to do life with them as a result. Before they even were able to even think about the promised land, God wanted the Israelites to know that you are my chosen people. And then when, he got the, when Moses got the instructions for the tabernacle, this is where the commandments were meant to be kept. In a sacred place within the ark. And what I like about that is that it allows us to realize that observing the law ensures the enduring presence of God. Because the Israelites were meant to take the ark with them wherever they went, carrying the law with them, carrying the terms of their relationship with God wherever they went so that they knew that the presence of God went before them. Observing the law ensures the enduring presence of God. And I love that so much because if you fast forward to uh, Matthew 5, 17, Jesus says that he's come to fulfill the law, that he's not come to destroy the law, but to come to fulfill the law. And it becomes so significant because it means that the true nature of the law can be realized. Jesus wants to do relationship with us by living within us, by fulfilling the law. Seeking God and being led by him is what brings fulfillment within Jesus. And we even can see this throughout Jesus' life. Jesus consistently spent time alone with God so that he could bring, a, bring forth a fresh revelation. After Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. If you look at Matthew 4.1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And in this time, the place was desolate. And the devil turned up multiple times to try and test Jesus. And what I like is that in Matthew 4 verse 10, Jesus says to the devil, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus quotes Deuteronomy in this moment. 
Not only is he standing on the word of God, he uses the law from Deuteronomy, part of the marriage contract with the Israelites to stand against Satan and say, you know what? I know exactly what I'm meant to be doing. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And it's after this that Jesus is able to go into ministry. Seeking God and being able to be aware of his relationship with you allows you to be empowered to go into ministry and to go into the fullness of what God has called you into doing for his ministry. Even before Jesus was nailed to the cross, Jesus sought the will of the Father in solitude in Gethsemane. If you look at Matthew 26, verse 39, Jesus asked his disciples to come with him to pray. And then in verse 39, it says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Yet not as I will, but as you will. In this moment, before Jesus comes to fulfill his destiny here on earth, he was seeking the will of the Father. He sought the Father, sought his face, alone, using his alone time with him to seek his will so that he could go ultimately to go and fulfill his purpose. And what I've got here is that seeking God in this time in this time of lockdown or this time of restriction, seeking God in this time will position you to make tremendous impact this year. Whether it's being able to go into the promised land of tier one from tier four, or whether it's to be able to make an impact on the lives of those around you in 2021, seeking God in this moment, Seeking this God in this moment is what is going to propel you forward going into this new year. So my prayer for you, and actually the, the, my prayer for myself this year, is to be a vessel for the Spirit, not just a container. To be a vessel for the Spirit, not just a container. Bill Johnson once said that fullness is measured by overflow, not by how full a container is. And I actually want to push beyond the, the idea of being able to host the presence of God, to be hosting the Holy Spirit. Not that, you know, I want to go against what Bill Johnson is saying because, you know, the guy has literally sold millions of books about hosting his presence and me with my zero copies, I'm not about to say Bill Johnson is wrong. But what I want to do is kind of push beyond that a little bit more. You see, for me, hosting infers something that is temporary, and that is static. If I want to host someone, I'm going to invite them around for a little bit. And I'm going to treat them well. And then eventually, they're going to go. I want to do more than host the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to reside within me. I want the Holy Spirit to be able to flow like a river through me. If I treat the Holy Spirit as if I am a vessel, that infers something that is continuous, everlasting. And something that is dynamic. That's something that keeps moving. I want the Holy Spirit to flow through me like a river. And that everywhere I go, that river shapes the geography of everything around me. As a teacher, ultimately, that's what I'm looking for. I don't want to just deposit knowledge into the minds of children. The difficulty for me is that I teach chemistry 
which some people find a little bit boring. Like, I don't understand why anyone would find science boring in any way, shape, or form. Nathan can stop laughing behind the camera. I find my subject so interesting, but the difficult for me, the difficulty for me is that my subject, chemistry and science, is a core subject. So basically, you have to study science until you get to 16. So I'm forcing children to study a subject that they might not love. And ultimately, what I could do is just give them the information every single lesson and deposit that within them and just hope when it gets to the exam, you know, they can kind of draw from that well within them and hopefully they can just regurgitate it. But what I actually want is something more than that. I don't want them to just be filled with knowledge to, so at some point they can just regurgitate it and hope it can bring them some benefit. I want that word to live within them. I want them to look at a situation and apply it even further. The nature of the GCCs, the, the new GCSEs, is that it's not just enough to be able to regurgitate information. You have to be able to apply your knowledge to different situations. And that's what I want for my kids. If I had even more of an opportunity, what would be perfect is if I could live in the minds of these children. Then no child of mine will ever, ever fail an exam. All of my results will be fantastic, unless you know that exam involved maths, because maths and myself are not friends. I don't know what it is about that we're not friends. I can say that confidently because there's no alias. I really don't like your subject, sorry. But <laughs> unless the subject involves maths, I can confidently say if I exist in the minds of my kids, then I know that they're definitely gonna pass because I'm moving through them. If I'm in their mind, I'm able to move through them and guide them exactly what they need to say in each situation. And the way I want that to be for my kids within school is the way I want the Holy Spirit to exist within me. I want them to, it, it, to exist deeply within me. Not just acting as a reservoir of the Holy Spirit that I need to draw from again and again and just regurgitate so I can spout some rhetoric about how Jesus loves me or what Jesus has done for me. I want the Holy Spirit to be dynamic within me. We want the Holy Spirit to flow through us like a river, not like a holding tank, like a reservoir. Because ultimately, that's what I believe that makes prayer over Zoom and encounters over Google Hangout more difficult, apart from, you know, like, obviously unmuting yourself, Uncle Dan. But ultimately, what I truly believe is what makes it so difficult is that when we treat the Holy Spirit deposit within us like a reservoir that we have to draw from every now and again to pour out to people, it makes it so much more difficult when the person's not in front of you or when you're not in church. To be able for that to work effectively, the Holy Spirit needs to be flowing continuously throughout you. I had a conversation with Matt Bills recently, and he said, um, I, what we have to remember is that Monday to Saturday is longer than just Sunday. Monday to Saturday is longer than just Sunday. And I thought, oh man, this is so profound. I can't tell you because I know what you're like, Matt, you'll get a big head, but it's so profound. I really, really appreciated what he said. And it really, really stuck with me because especially if we think about how church used to be like, when we would arrive on a Sunday, the atmosphere would be thick with the presence of God because of worship, because of the word spoke. And people would 
receive a filling up. And then as a result, people will go throughout the rest of the week trying to hope that that doesn't run out by the time they get to next Sunday. And next year, or this year, what we want is to move beyond that. We don't want it to be like a well that we continuously have to draw from week after week. We want in every situation, in every movement of our being, we want the Holy Spirit flowing. We want that continuous flow of the Holy Spirit. Because it's, it's not about going from encounter to encounter with Jesus. We want an everlasting presence of the Holy Spirit within our lives. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So from that, what I take is that, you know, if we're not conforming to this world, but every single day renewing our mind, every single day trying to, trying to experience the Holy Spirit rather than going from encounter to encounter, then you'll be able to test what God's will. Then you'll be able to prophesy with confidence into 2021. This year, this year will be more than just encounters with the Spirit. You are going to experience overflow. You will fulfill the law by carrying out his promise of relationship in your heart, wherever you go. If I'm being honest, I have zero idea of what 2021 could bring. But if I'm also being honest, I don't really mind. I don't really care because I know the God that I serve. I might not know what 2021 is going to bring, but what I do know is that God's heart for us is the same as it was for the Israelites thousands of years ago. Number one, his heart for us is to have relationship with him. Number two, his heart for us is to carry his presence with us always wherever we go. And number three, his heart for us is to impact the world by being a fulfillment of his enduring presence for us. So, regardless of tear, lockdown, church at home, God gives us the confidence each day that we can test and approve what his good, pleasing and perfect will is in every situation. And we're able to speak life over everyone that we encounter this year. And so my challenge actually for you is that this week, what I want you to do is to just pick one person. Pick one person to be able to prophesy over. There's so many people yearning to hear from God. Why can't it be from you? So pick one person that you're going to seek God for and seek God's voice for so that you can send them an encouragement, a strengthening, a comfort as a result. And those of you that are going to receive these prophecies this week, what I want to encourage you to do is when you receive it, that you take it to God. Because for all I know, what could be said might be slightly off. But what you have the confidence in is that God is good, God does good, and he's able to make all things work for his good. So when you receive that word, you take it to God and you seek God for what his will is for you this year. And I guarantee that will bring a strengthening and encouragement 
for comfort. I really love you guys and I just want to pray with you. Father, thank you for the gift of your relationship with us and your spirit living within us. Lord, give us the boldness this year to enter this year with confidence, knowing that in all things, in every situation, that you have equipped us, equipped us to influence your kingdom positively. Lord, let the spirit of discernment increase within us as we prophesy to your people and make the whisper of your voice clear to us that your people may be strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. Maybe you're watching this at the start of this year thinking, you know what, I don't really know Jesus, but I'm just looking for something new this year because for me, 2020 was a write-off. But I'm here because I want to know who Jesus is. I want to have that life of fulfillment. I want to experience that promise. Then if you're willing, just take a moment wherever you are, close your eyes and pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, thank you for wanting relationship with me. I ask your son, Jesus, to enter my heart and make my life new again. Open my eyes to the wonders of your love and encourage me to share my transformation in you with others. Thank you for your everlasting love. Now, whether that's the first time you've prayed that prayer or another time that you've prayed that prayer, why don't you just give us a message? Let us know so that someone from our church can get in contact with you, potentially prophesy over you and give you some encouragement as you start your wonderful journey with Jesus. Like I said, I love you guys so much. I'm really, really praying and declaring that 2021 is going to be an amazing year for you. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Sunday. I'm now going to hand over to the worship team. Thank you.